Welcome to the Zone 2 Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Hubner, joined here with only one host. It's Mark Sato, and we have a special guest today. It's um, Israel startup development writer, Riley Pickerel. How are you today, Riley? Woo! Uh, it's pretty late. It's almost my best. What time is it over there? It's just about 8, 7.45. Yeah. It's 8 o'clock? Yeah, here yeah. it's... 11 right now it's going to be a very interesting podcast because riley is in spain i believe so the wi-fi is as you know wi-fi across the world is super fast so today's podcast should just be a lot higher quality than usual and riley's frozen again perfect timing (laughs) perfect timing it literally it literally glitched out right when you said that (laughs) i actually don't have I actually don't have any internet in my apartment. I have to do everything off my mobile hotspot. Oh, oh wow. That must be really expensive. Uh, it's 30, 30 euros a month, and I use up about 180 gigs a month. And like, but it's, it's 30 euros, and you can use like as much as you want? Yeah, it's pretty much unlimited. Wow, have, that's actually pretty good. I get 45 gigs of 5G, and then the rest is LTE, so... Yeah. Pretty solid. Yeah. yeah, it's not bad. You how long have you been in Spain now? Because you are training with uh training with Israel startup development team. Have yeah, been I've been so I flew over here in February. And then uh late February. I was planning on coming over in January, but with COVID it was super hard to get visas. Um so I'm I finally made it over late February and then I'm here until September ish, mid to late September probably. So about three more months. Wow. Um actually we should probably introduce uh you first. I don't know if you want to do a quick introduction of who you are, because in British Columbia and I think probably other parts of Canada, you're a really well known name, but for any of our Australian listeners who don't know who you are, and we also have a lot of listeners from Alaska. It's a very common place. We actually have listeners podcast. in Bangladesh. I was looking yeah. at the, I was looking at the analytics. We got some listeners in Bangladesh, so they that's, might not know who you impressive. are. Um, yeah, so I'm uh, Riley Pickerel. I race with uh, Israel Segment Academy, which is the development team for Israel Startup Nation. Um, Grew up in Victoria, British Columbia. Uh, raced with Triple Shot and then uh, Red Truck uh, Racing. And yeah, no, I came up through the track and road program, got some success on the track, and then up over to road in junior. Really started to commit to junior and commit to road in junior. And then here I am. Cool. So, uh, so what kind of, uh, how much racing are you uh, doing over there in Europe? Right now here, there's, there's like zero racing, but it's looking to start up in the next few weeks. But um, what's going on over there? Yeah, so it's like uh, racing got canceled early in the season and a lot of it was postponed. So I've only had six or six or seven race days in the first three months, which is like nothing. Uh, but then my second half of the season, I have like, if all goes well and selections go well, I'll probably have between 30, 
35 and 40 by the end, uh, 35 and 40 in the next three months. Um, so I'll look at around 45 to 50 use per races. So. 35 races? Yeah, 30, oh, 35 to 40 race days. So um, like I have <coughs> stage race in two weeks on the 15th. Yeah, two weeks roughly and it's three days. So it would be three race days, even though it's only one race. Mm -hmm. What would you say uh, your biggest goals for the year are in terms of the racing? Um, Avenue, probably. When it's like you can go to Avenue, that would be a big one. Uh, over here, it's like completely different, though. Like, um, you're like diving in head first. You don't know how deep the water is. So it's like, um, result like you go into each race like if you have like you have a team role and you just do the team role to the best of your abilities and then like, when you get an opportunity to like okay this race like this is an opportunity for you to do well it's like okay you better i can get your shit together and win a bike race or something right so depends on the race but yeah learning lots this year is it uh do you think like next year you're still going to be on development team or is it kind of like the goal to be on the actual Israel startup team for bigger events? I'll probably be on the, I'll probably be on development team next year as well. Yeah. Okay. And then the goal from that is to move up to a pro, pro team. Yeah. World tour team. World tour team. Hmm. Very yeah. cool. What would, what would you say that uh, you'd touched on it briefly, but like what's that uh, transition like from, you know, just a, Canadian junior races to uh, racing where you are now? So like junior in, is junior in North America and like I know are you first year uh, first year junior Mark? Yeah. And then your second year Luke. So hopefully you get to do Avenue next year Mark or not Avenue um, Abitibi mm -hmm. and it's like it's like the race gets progressively harder as so if it's a 150k stake you can expect it to be like it to get progressively harder as the race goes on so there's not really any structure to the bike race just like it's just like this linear from like easy hard straight line um, as the race goes on whereas here it's like first hour it's like a it's like a crit I, I like all my peak powers and whatnot, it'll come from the first hour as like the brakes trying to establish and whatnot. And then it settles down and there's a structure and like people are obligated to chase, teams are obligated to chase, that happens. And then it wraps back up again to the finish, but everyone's fucked from the, from the first hour. The, the last hour is actually like, if the power is higher, it's not that much higher. That's why you see like power numbers from the end of like, like I don't know if you guys ever seen like uh, Valverde's power numbers from like one minute punch at the finish. And it's like it's impressive, it's like 740 watts. So that's uh, like 11 watts per kilo for a minute. And you're like, damn, that's like, those are good numbers, right? But you're like, it's Valverde. Like surely he's able to do like more, and it's because he's already done probably 5,000 kilojoules before that. So it's fucked, but he's still able to perform. That's the biggest difference. It's like, 
being able to perform after you're way in deep in the bike race. So that's the that's the biggest jump going from junior in Canada to U23 over here. Yeah. The race I did in Italy um, a couple weeks back, uh, the hardest BC Super Week race I did, I did three, I think 320 average, maybe 380 normalized for the hour. And this was in 2019, last BC Super Week. This race I did three hours at 320, 360 normalized. So it was like the hardest BC Super Week race for three hours, and it was U23. It's like, okay, yeah, this is this is a whole different beast. <laughs> that's pretty insane. That's 300. That's, isn't, what did uh, Matthew Vanderpool do for a classic? He did 370 for three hours or something or four hours? He did three, three, he did like 340 or 350 average, almost 400 normalized for six hours for strata. Strata Bianchi. And what did you do? Oh, like 320, 340 average, or 340 normalized for I mean, three hours. And I was completely gasping, like totally fucked. I say that's pretty close. You should um, you should uh, talk to him and say, hey, let's race. Yeah. Mm. Right. <laughs> the, the depth over here is nuts. Like, um, I remember I was listening to Swain's podcast, which if any listeners also want to bang in podcast, that's one thing don't want him but um he was saying um and it like i acknowledge that once he said it is like if you look at a result sheet it's like 100 guys bunch sprint and it's 180 guy pack so 80 guys are out the back it's not that like oh you just have to stay in the bunch and then you're there for the bunch pick like 80 of the best guy 80 of the guys in that race which are all uci proteins got dropped like it's ridiculous how fast sprinters climb here. Like Andre, that guy is like eighty-three kilo, maybe. That guy's a big unit, and like he'll be riding up a climb at like five hundred watts, like comfortably. Like you'll look like he knows breathing at five hundred watts. It's freaky. Wow. Yeah, I know it's. One of those things where whenever I think, oh, I can like be, win nationals in Canada, but then winning nationals in Canada is really kind of not, it's kind of like nowhere in Europe, really. Well, it's, it's not that it's like, like if you win nationals in Canada, you're strong. Yeah. Right? Like you can be competitive. It's just like the just like the style of racing and learning how to race. Like, it's not like, oh, you can win nationals in Canada and then you'll, like, you won't have an injury. Like, if you win nationals in Canada, you have an injury, you're strong. It's just like, there's, you have a full, like, year of learning over here before you don't be, like, okay, really able to, to perform. Because you'll have the engine, but you won't have, like, the, um, the know-how. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for this interruption, but we have to talk about our amazing sponsors at T-Wax. If you love road bikes as much as we do, you've probably heard about wax chains and the benefits that they bring. 
but like me, you've probably never waxed your chain, cause you don't know how. Well, luckily for you and me, T-Wax is here to save the day. Local legend Timothy Ho can bring you a perfectly waxed chain for your next ride. Direct message T-Wax on Instagram for more information and use code ZONE2 for 15% off their already incredibly low price. Again, direct message T-Wax on Instagram for more information and use code ZONE2 for 15% off. Now back to the podcast. Hmm. What type of a racer are you now talking about sprinters and such? Because I believe you were pretty much a sprinter right yeah and are you still then yeah just well, domestic now well no i'm still i'm still riding as a as a sprinter but it's um you do um you do a lot of work for others like early on um and then you kind of always have to like figure out like Okay, I'm a, like I obviously have a peak power to be a sprinter, but where else can I can I perform, right? Like uh, Michael Matthews, for example. Like technically, that guy's a sprinter, but he's competitive in harder stages. Um, uh, like if you compare Peter Sagan, who you might say, okay, that's a sprinter, compared to um, like Bruno Wagen, yeah, Sam Bennett. Those are real sprinters. Those are great yeah. sprinters. So it's kind of like, okay, where are you? Where do you fit in? So, yeah. Yes. Interesting you kind of have case. to win by graces to be classified as something. I know I'm not yeah. a client, and that's about it. Yeah. Peter Sagan is more of a, like, Classic. classics. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's interesting. There's kind of like that middle ground between sprinter and climber. It's kind of the classics. Yeah, and then ask what Matthew Vanderpool is and uh, what men aren't. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because they're not, well, they still can win sprints, but yeah. yeah. Well, men aren't can win sprints. Yeah, and so Matthew Vanderpool. Um, so talking about all these pro guys and stuff, what is your training like every week? Like say a week where you're not doing a race um, and you're not trying to like build up or build down for a race? Like what's a normal kind of week look like for you training in Europe? Do I just pull it up? I'll just, I'll just read you a week for my training plan. That'll probably be easier today. Good yeah, idea. Sure. Good idea. Cheers. Riley coming through the big ideas. Richard would mind this? I don't think so. Um, well, yeah, we're going to send this to any Austin stuff so they'll know, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's go. All right. Here's a good week. All right. Monday I had, um, 1.5 hours to two hours full recovery ride. So recovery day, um, Tuesday, uh, good warm up. Find a two ish hour lap, 320 average for two hours, 30 minutes easy after. So just a two hour, like aerobic capacity block at 320. Uh, oh, this one was nasty. Uh, three to four hours. So this Wednesday, three to four hours, uh, six by. Uh, 
and that's about 11 minutes where I do two minutes at 3.30 and then uh, 15 second, 95% sprint. So I'll probably be hitting like 12 to 1300 watts for 15 seconds. And then I get in straight into another two minutes at 3.30, sprint, two minutes at 3.30, sprint, two minutes at 3.30, sprint. So one, two, three, four, only four sprints, five sprints, something like that. So six by 10 minutes with five sprints in there. Um, Thursday, another recovery day. Friday, another recovery day. And then Saturday, five by six minutes, 45 seconds at 5.50 and then 15 seconds. So kind of like over-unders. You do 45 seconds at 5.50 and then 15 seconds recovery. Um, and then Sunday I had any ride up to me. So I think I probably did four or five hours. So that works out to probably a 22 hour training week with intensity. So, and that was a week, the week before the week. To, so two weeks to race day. So, wow. There you go. Pretty solid so week. Usually I'll have. 20-ish hours, 20 to 24, probably. Um, hours with three, yeah, I'd say probably three interval or intensity days, three or four interval to intensity days, and usually one to two recovery days. But the um, recoveries are usually an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, as so you said 20 hours. Yeah. That's a lot of climbing, though. I'm, like, looking at your Strava right now, spying on all your data. That's all good. I posted them. If anybody yeah. wants to see yeah, you're all actually... my, and all my uh, – usually I write down what intervals I do. Unless I'm crap. If you see morning ride, but you take a look, and, the, and there's intervals in it, and I just label it as morning ride, it's either I'm too lazy or I was, like – Having a really bad day. So, there's, there's a pro tip for you. Yeah. Talking about Strava and labeling things, number one, um, you're really open about all your data, aren't you? Like, yeah. everything. Well, doesn't, doesn't really matter. Power meters can change. Like, there's a plus or minus between people's power meters, but yeah, there's no point in being secretive about it. So, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Because if you're fast, you're fast. And if you're slow, you're slow. Yeah, kind of doesn't really matter what other people are doing. Secondly, what do you think of uh, my recovery rides on Strava? Oh, oh yes, that, that was like I had so much fun with that. So for anybody who doesn't know, Luke posted a uh, a ride and he labeled it recovery ride, and it was like ninety nine kilometers or hundred kilometers, three hours like 32 average, 220 watts. And it was like full beans. And I'm like, obviously you're not recovering at 220. Like my recovery rides, usually I, I go for two watt per kilo recovery rides. So I usually go for about 150. It's a bit under, but I'm like I'm a proud <laughs> believer in the two watt per kilo recovery rides. And this guy posted a three hour ride at whatever, almost probably 3.5 watt per kilo. And I'm like, dude, so I, what did I say? I said, if you label a ride recovery ride, does that make it a recovery ride? And it started this whole, I don't think he ever changed the title, but it was like, I was like, 
laying no, in. I think I think I changed I think I changed it to um it was called just recovery ride with the boss because I rode with um with my local bike shop uh, owner and so I titled it that and then and then after all that I retitled it and called it um easy recovery ride with the boss right <laughs> I like, and I think I went I think I went and I looked and you had to go back like two and a half weeks to find a ride with a higher average power than that recovery <laughs> I was like okay this is amazing <laughs> This is so good. And then there's another one recently, I think. Yeah, you just did one yeah. recently, I think. Yeah. yeah super high. I'm going to upload the one today. No. That's, that's the when I... Mark doesn't know how to ride easy either. Don't you do sprints on your recovery days? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do do that. Um, I've been getting better at uh, not doing that, but I, I do. I just get bored, you know. It's like riding that like zone one it's like this is like this is this sucks yeah but see the so firm believer is if you can't do your recovery ride easy enough you're not training like the intervals aren't hard enough because like man when i finally get to a recovery day i'm like oh yes yeah i'm i'm going out and i'm riding in my easiest gear all day and that's gonna be the mm -hmm. dream i had yeah, I just one today which actually that. was quite relaxing yeah, that's true. Mark, do more sprints. Come on. I will. I will today. My my recovery ride today was um 198 watts. Average. Wasn't that long ago that if I did I I, I remember when I first got a power meter in 2000. I think I got a power meter in 2016. And then I think in so I was 15. And I think until I was like first year junior. All the way up until his first junior, the ride was north of 200 watts. I think, yeah, it's a fucking good ride. It's a good, good day on the bike. It would be like a three-hour day, maybe some intervals, and I'd be like 198, and I'd be like, good fucking ride. <laughs> sure, I can back and find some intervals. Yeah, I my like I love getting high averages. I don't know if I can really look at them, but like this week especially, like okay, so today was 198 average uh yesterday was 226 average um like these aren't interval days by the way these are just normal uh 219 this day was intervals but it was just 207 if i have intervals it's always way lower because then i'm like recovering and in the recovery between intervals i actually do like zone Recover. one yeah where if it's a zone two ride then i'm like consistently riding in my zone two, so then the average is way higher. But anyway, recovery rides, they're a thing. I don't really do them. <laughs> All right, uh, we should get back on track. I got a, I got a question, Riley. So oh, that not on track. Oh, we're talking about whatever. We have a okay. program here that we have to follow. That's true. Um, I got class to go to eventually, but yeah. Um, Riley, so you're on, you're on uh, Israel, as you mentioned. So how? I don't know how much you want to disclose, but um, how, how did you get on there? How much are you uh, being paid? Uh, What's the contract look like? That's right. Well, I'll answer. I'll answer Mark's and not Luke's. <laughs> um, so I actually don't know one hundred percent how my name got passed around. I think so. Our director is Zach, Zach Dempster, and I think he was in contact with Kevin Field, who was 
uh, high performance role manager, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think my name got passed over from there. Uh, and then I got on based on uh, word of mouth, avid results. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, I was approached for 2020, but I was already committed with the UCIP. So I was just like, hey, um, can you keep me keep me in touch for 2021? Uh, I'd love to join you guys for 2021 after I'm done by year with this team. And they said, yep, yeah, sounds good. And we just restarted our conversation back in September. And yeah, welcome there. Yeah, there's a lot of Canadians on Israel because I believe the owner is Canadian or one of the main manager people. They're Canadian, right? Yeah, Sylvan Adams is uh, Canadian-Israeli. So we have, so there's four, four Canadians on the world tour team and then two on the development team. So me and Robin Paladin. Very cool. How are the factor bikes? They're sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the, the one, the arrow bike. And the then, yeah, no, they're pretty, they're pretty nice. Actually. They're <laughs> the, the one is almost like it's stiff to the point where it's like, almost two step like it's like it's a great race bike but if somebody was like yeah i just want to buy a bike to to ride around just like enjoy my commute or whatever to enjoy riding bikes and not going fast i'd be like don't buy that bike buy the, buy the o2 the o2 is like the nicest bike to ride ever but the mm -hmm. one is like pretty deadly pretty deadly pretty deadly um how's chris Froome? how's he doing have you talked to him recently? Never met him. I haven't met him. Oh, you, you, can, you, can, you can tell us. You can tell us. We know you've met him. Come on. Do you I like... haven't met him. But he seems like the world's nice pro, to be honest. Actually, like, there's enough World Tour pros here that it's like half the pro peloton lives here. It's nuts. Yeah. It's like if you're successful, you live in Monaco. And if you're on the pro team, you live in Girona. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Or Nice. Don't forget Nice. It's the other one. It's like three. Oh, months. really? Monaco, Nice, and Joran. I was almost an exchange student in Nice. Cool city. Nice train cool. station. Who are some of the um, who are some of the world tour guys, notable world tour guys you met? I'm curious. I rode with Woodsy today. Okay. Uh, and then who else? Uh, well, Van Art came and sat down next to us at the coffee table once. Wow. Me, me Wait, and Jill. Really? Were, me and yeah, me and Jill, Jillian, and Elsie were were at the coffee shop, and Walt Van Art came and uh, just the table next to us. It was pretty funny. So I was like, oh shit, it's Walt Van Art. That's pretty insane. That That's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, because he's like all the people you see on TV, and then he's just there at a coffee shop. Man, the guy is like, the guy's a unit. Like, the guy goes uphill so fast to how big he is. Like, it's, it's shocking, some of those guys. Wow. That's pretty insane. Do you know the reason that Israel Startup Nation has so many, like, kind of, 
their team seems to be filled with a lot of um, past pros, if you know what I mean. Like Chris Froome, he's very much, to put it politely, past his prime, we'll say. Um, and same with like quite a lot of the people they have. They have like a lot of people who are super, super, super successful, but now kind of aren't. Is there like, do you know if there's they, a reason for that? They brought on a lot of big names when they went world tour. Yeah. Because they went world tour in what, 2020 was their first world tour. Mm-hmm. They brought on a lot of big names now, but I don't think it's like, um, there's, there are a lot of big names on the team right now who are in their prime. That's like, um, yeah, Woodsy. Yeah, like Woodsy, um, Setman Mark, Ben Hermans, like there's uh, Hugo Hofstetter, it's pretty good. Um, so yeah, it's, I think the, especially because we're not, we're not exposed to as many riders in Europe or European riders in North America. So uh, we know Froome and Honor because they're such big names. There's a lot of others who are, um, who are on the team that we're just less aware of. Oh gosh, that's... I mean, yeah. Mm. yeah, that's pretty good. How how's Woodsy? Because he's probably the most successful Canadian rider, at least well currently. I mean, Ryder Heschedal is probably the most ever. I'm not sure though, but Woodsy's yeah, like the biggest right now. Too. Woodsy's probably the most well known now. He's like Woodsy's awesome. Yeah, Woodsy's a top quality dude. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody could say anything negative about Woodsy. Guy's a legend, to be honest. Yeah, I think he's a he's like me. He doesn't like recovery rides. I've heard. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> the guy trains hard. That guy's interval sessions are pretty. Because he has so much repeatability. Yeah, I'm ups- Sorry. I'm kind of upset this week. I haven't like had any intervals. It's been really upsetting. I've just been like zone two, zone two. It's pretty Three upsetting. Well, that is the name of the podcast, you know. Yeah, that is that is the name of the podcast. I'm Hushang, yeah. Yeah. Hush. Everyone I've ever met calls him Hush. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've never. Heard I have him. no clue what his first name is. It's just Hush. That, that is his first name. Oh, is it? <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> oh yeah, it's Sushangamari or something. Arari yeah. or I don't know. Amiri. Yeah. You don't even know your own coach. He's a big fan of Zone 2, that's for sure. Is Tim still coaching you, Mark? Yep. Hey Mark, do you get beaten on the clowns by Annabella? I don't really, Annabella doesn't really uh, ride with us that often. Um, but um, I have, and I have, yes. Yeah, okay. I think Animal's do... crazy. She's done like massive miles this year. I like looked at her stats, and it's like insane. Yeah, just so much. How much? I'm just looking this year. Uh, seven thousand. Oh, eh, it's just shy of eight thousand this year. That's pretty impressive. I think I'm only at 10, but I don't upload. I didn't upload in February. Yeah. And, and like you're on a development team for a world tour team. 
so yeah and like yeah anyway um no go ahead okay uh, i just kind of have one question because i have to leave at half past because i'm going to school unlike parker does and okay my last big question though is uh what's your like backup plan so like if you cycling doesn't work out for whatever reason do you have a backup plan of what you might do yeah i'll go to school probably engineering i'm in uvic for engineering right now so probably engineering yeah are we'll you see. doing online courses right now or just full yeah. cycling right now full cycling right now yeah so i did one fall i did a fall semester of engineering and then i had to took it took spring and summer off I also have a question, final question. Um, for the future, like beyond this year, just uh, cycling, your cycling career in general, what would you say like your biggest goal is or something you really want to do? I'm, I've been one. debating whether it's winning the first stage or the Champs-Élysées Tour. Those are one of one of the two. I'm not sure which one would be cooler. It's like Champs-Élysées is just epic. Yeah. Historic. Then the yeah, first stage, you get the yellow too. So you exactly. got it. It's so, yeah, it is it is Those those would be pretty cool. Just be a. Didn't Sam Bennett win both? No, no he didn't. He didn't no, win the first didn't. stage. No, he didn't. No, Christoph won the first stage, and you win won the last stage. No, Sam, uh, won Sam Bennett won the last. last. Yeah, because I remember that was a you big deal. Won the year before, you won. Yeah, yeah. But it, yeah. Okay, I guess. Uh, are we good to go now? We got everything. Cover everything you want, Luke. Pretty, pretty solid. I mean, I could go forever. Riley's a fascinating guy. We haven't even touched custom paint jobs of bikes. Um, his genie. I, I have um, just skip school. I have this. Whoa! I look at that. I need that when I get home too. Just your so iridescent you know. paint job. You do, because I'm getting a new bike. I don't know. I might get you to... How, okay, wait. I have a question. How do you do the logos? Are, do you have a sticker printer? Yeah, I have a stencil cutter. Oh, cool. I need to... I'll pay you to get some stencils cut, because I'm getting the Dolan. I, I, I charge big money. I think I, I, I actually charge how much the vinyl is. I think that's my total, total demand. So it's like $5 for as many stickers as you can print on a one meter roller. Yeah, it's pretty high rates. Holy gosh. I don't think I can afford that. Really breaking the brain for this one. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I really want to get some cool things because I'm getting a Dolan. And literally everyone has a Dolan. Well, and that's really everyone, upsetting. Everyone coached by Hoosh has a Dolan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we get like I'd say. We're sponsored by them. What so. are you on, Mark? I got a, I got an Argon 18. I can get it. It's right next to me. One second. Go for it. Send it. <laughs> it's really lame. It's the worst bike I've ever seen. He looks awful How on it. What's your it's satellite, Mark? <laughs> he can't hear. That's why I was saying that. Oh, he has headphones on. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah. Look at this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the classic Argon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Know. <laughs> He's trying to <laughs> work Yeah, that's the classic Argon. Yeah, the older that. one. 
That was a legend. I mean, yeah. what's your saddle height? Okay. It's, uh, I don't know exactly the, the number. Oh, because you, you know, the uh, look bike? That's the measure. Yeah. I just know that I'm pretty sure. When, when I came 50? over here, I got, a, I got a bike fit when I came over here. I dropped my, my saddle 2.5 centimeters. Wow. Mm-hmm. Why? So, not much. Wow. Yeah, before. Bikes it. And they're like, saddle mm-hmm. soon. Put it down. Hmm. Pretty nuts. I like having my saddle high. Otherwise, my knees hurt. Oh. Okay, I guess uh, that's everything we got. Thanks for listening, yeah. everyone. Uh, yeah. uh, give us a review. Follow us on uh, everything. Subscribe to the YouTube. Leave a comment. Leave a like. Ciao. All that jazz. Okay, Riley, thanks for coming on. Ciao. Okay. Adios, yeah. amigo. Thank you.